Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape special. This one is all about Ryan Coogler's Black Panther, the big Marvel movie that is breaking box office records this past weekend. I'm pretty sure you all went to see it because everybody went to see it. This is, I mean, this is as much a movie as it is an entire movement. Um, obviously Ian went to see it. Obviously I went to see it because this is going to be really spoiler filled. We're going to be talking all about this film, what it means the character in contrast to the comics what it means to the overall mcu and looking forward to infinity war in may where are we going with all this but there's a lot to talk about in this movie um i have no idea ian's thoughts on the movie he has no idea about my thoughts on this movie um of which i have many um so i think we just get into it ian are you all right i have to pause real quick to bring the geekscape geekscape us up to speed on some real life stuff in saying for all the Geekscapists, congratulations on your engagement. Ladies and men, Ian has taken himself off the market. Thank you. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, did she have to pass a Krav Maga test <laughs> to accept she, the proposal? She, she has no interest in Krav Maga. She won't watch me do it. Um, I like but, her already. But, uh, she, yeah, just the idea of me fighting or you know, maybe getting hurt. Yeah, she, not for her. I will say that um, she was very excited about seeing this movie. She went to see it and she loved it. Yes, I think this is a movie that beyond just the, the racial implications of, a, of representation does a lot of great things with representing women as well. She, she felt very strongly about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we knew that going in. Like all the things that I we actually knew shared going in. that. I shared her post. Oh, okay. On on Facebook because it was well written and just it wasn't me speaking. So. Yeah, I, I think that uh, going in the things that we knew that this movie was pretty much going to do well just off the get go was yeah. the representation of African Americans, but and the what, well, what, African what, spirit, Wakandans. Yes, but, 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 but what it does for women, women well. I mean, it shows a, several really strong women in this movie. Right, strong on every level. You know, I mean, that's the thing. You know, you know, one of the things that I, I've I mean, listen, I always thought I, I was decent in this sense, but, you know, 
being with my fiance, you know, she gives me, you know, pause sometimes about like, like the term strong women, you know, she, she's a writer and just the, the notion of, all right, what does it mean when men say strong women? And I think a lot of the time, you know, when a man says strong women that, you know, they, they talk about, oh, because she knows martial arts or something like that. Right. You know, but for me personally, that's not all I mean, or that's not usually what, even what I mean. You know, I usually mean someone that, you know, you know, was just not just milk toast. You know, mm. it was the case in the past. You know, someone that speaks up for himself and all that. Well, this movie has, you know, the female characters in this movie are, you know, strong in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and really only one of them, what I say, is in terms of, you know, kicking ass. And the others are just, you know, intellectually, emotionally, you know, just well, determination. If, well, if you go to that, if you, I mean, if you go to that casino scene in South Korea, and now mm-hmm. we're really just diving into the spoilers, uh, if you go to that casino th- scene. Pardon me, I should have said two of them. Yeah, the, both yeah. of those women are kicking yeah. ass. One's doing it in a more traditional sense with a spear, and but, one of them's doing it in a more, like, progressive sense, right. and I'm going to grab everything, including the heel of my shoe, and to fight people. But then look at Sherry, look at, you know, right. his mother. I oh, mean, his sister is all, I'm incredible. Like, that's, too. that's star-making yeah. is what happened there with, with the princess, the yeah. new Disney princess, uh, in making an intelligent, science-minded, and hilarious uh, character. And, and, and that is diverting a bit from the comic character, mm-hmm. but I think in a good way. Yes, the comic character, and I'm going off of Reggie Hunland's run, and then mm-hmm. this most recent uh, a run is that the, you know the, she actually takes over right. the, the as queen of Wakanda and Black she, Panther for a while, and is Black Panther for a while because like T'Challa just wants to go and be a, a superhero, right. I guess, for a while. Which in in talking to uh, Ryan Coogler, uh, I didn't talk to Ryan Coogler, but in listening to him talk about the character, it's this. Uh, I was actually listening to Coates talk about it, who mm-hmm. wrote that run, mm-hmm. and he's like, we have this guy who's supposed to be the king of a nation, but king, being a king of a nation can be really boring. This guy's a superhero. This guy's running around with the Avengers, and I and I came, it came into question when I took over the run, how do I balance the fact that this guy is an Avenger, and he spends so little time in his actual nation, and I think that from there birthed the idea that his sister would be Black Panther in, the most, in that recent run. Um, but... The, the ones I'm familiar with, for the most part, were that was that recent Reginald Hunlin run that had Claw, uh, you know, and the Nation of Mbaku as, like, their villains. Mm-hmm. And that one was awesome. And yeah. then uh, this most recent run, and then you were suggesting online that people need to pick up the Christopher Priest run as well. Because Look, that one is, like... The Christopher Priest run, um, for me... Is, it, Prior to, well, I mean, the Hudlin, the Coates runs are, are, are great and definitive in their ways, but I always felt that the Priest runs the, the run that really got, the, really elevated the character. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's interesting, you know, we're, we're talking about the whole notion of him, this king versus the superhero, and I think it was in the Priest run that they introduced this idea that T'Challa came to be an Avenger. It was sort of espionage. It was this whole notion of, he came to learn all their weaknesses because, you know, it was just the, 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 this whole idea that Wakanda is kept secluded. He's and suspicious it, of the Avengers. Yeah, well, he's just anyone that's a potentially he might have to ever deal with a fight, he need to go and find out about. 
mm-hmm. you know, and like there was a revelation of that that was like, oh, you know, that, that was so horrible. And, you know, and of course, ultimately, when you think about it, it, it it's the Batman of it, you know, it's, it's the Tower of Babel Batman series a story that um, Batman had the files on yes. all of the exactly. all the different Justice League members. Exactly. I think, I think got that was hacked. that was weighed right after Morrison left, right? I believe so, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, because that that that's who T'Challa is, actually. You yeah, know? people first, kingdom first. Yeah, the, in the Superhero Marvel second. universe, Black Panther's not like Batman in other ways, but he's that. He's that tactician. He's the one that's thinking all those steps ahead and all that. But there's also Cap. So we have these two guys who respect each other and they end up teaming up together in a yes, pretty awesome like way. Yes, Captain America is very different than the Black And he's Man. very representative. He's the U.S. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. but, um, you know, that, that's the whole thing. And one of the things I... So we actually didn't say we usually do. We usually, at the beginning of the podcast, we, we mention over generally how we feel about the movie. Yeah. Um, I had an indication from someone else... <laughs> And I explained, you know, that about about what you thought. From Justin? Yeah, I, I explained to him that we don't talk. We hey don't man. comment at all. Justin, you sold me out, man. pal. Yeah, but I didn't really know. He just made a comment. But you know, <laughs> I loved it. I know, and I thought that uh, I thought that the movie was a bit too much run of the mill Marvel, and I thought the first half was actually pretty slow, and the second half. And I had heard that the, the last third of the movie actually got reshot um, and rewritten, but the second half and the inter- in the kind of the like uh, rise of Killmonger mm-hmm. saved the movie for me because uh, I thought it was a pretty. I wish there had been more of him. I wish there had been more of him earlier, which introduces the problem I also have, which is that our villain is a bit more interesting than our main character. Okay. And. His stuff really clicked, and well, well, here, you got, you got his motivation. Whereas you have this reluctant hero, where he's like, "Am I?" You know, he he got stuck in the in between, and the first half feels like for me uh, uh, quite a bit of spectacle. Mm-hmm. Where it's you, I mean, there's a lot you have to establish. You have to establish an entire nation. You have to establish a lot of history. But they do a great job. They of doing do a it. very good job of it. There's a lot of it, and then the and, and then there's. You know the extension to the throne. There's the different uh, ritual, which you know he's going to c- come back later. He's the establishment of his powers and where they come from with the with the orchids. Uh, there's a there's just a lo- it's very it's a very dense first half. And I kept waiting for something to for I, I kept waiting for his loss. And I thought it was going to happen in that car sequence in North in South Korea, where I was like, okay, who's who's Claw actually going to remove like kill in this sequence to elevate him as a villain? No one ends up dying in that See, sequence. See, that's just it. And then you get I, Killmonger, I, I, no, and I'm like... But, but you didn't need that because they gave you the backstory that's already happened. Um, I definitely needed it because okay, I was I, just watching... I was just I, watching a chase scene. I was just watching a fight scene. I was just watching no, see, I, I, stuff. I, I felt that they strongly established that Claw was this horrible terrorist. Very much so. already done this horrible thing to them, and that's what he's doing because, you know, he's, he's now is this king. He's going to act. You know, he's not going to just sit back. He's going to do something about yes, it. Yes, and I was waiting for something along the lines of it being personal to T'Challa. Okay. And like, like a character thing. Not a, not a, not a definition well, of like a king thing. Not, well, a, not a national thing. Well, I, I, a, a loss I, for T'Challa. I, I will give you this. Which really happens when he fucking falls off a cliff. Well, well I will give you this. Because they'd already done what they did in Civil War sure. with T'Chaka, that they've removed an element in the comic, which is that in the comic... Claw kills T'Chaka. 
Which would have just yes. been on and, another and, level. And, yeah. and I agree. You know, from you know, that that that's something that actually bothered me in Civil War after we met Claw in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, to not have him involved in that was something I was like, oh, I thought that that was a, a loss of missed opportunity. So I'll give you that 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 undermined that a little bit. Yeah, the loss but, of a father. It didn't bother me. I mean, yeah. Well, I want to say this, and um, and this is actually you know, and it is a two hour plus movie. Yeah, it's like and I mean, but I mean, like I'm I'm feeling it. See, I don't know. I, I didn't feel the way. I thought that one of the things I thought they did so well is there's no question that's a Marvel movie, but this is a movie that you could have not seen a single Marvel movie ever before. Didn't matter at all. The movie is completely self-contained. Everything that happens in Civil War is covered. Agreed. You don't, you, you don't, you don't miss a beat. You don't lose anything. You don't need to know anything about this world. Anything. No, uh, and I think that... The, 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 the only thing you're going to be questioning is at the end, seeing Bucky, oh, who is that? What is that? If you stay through that credit. Right. Like, if that. Um, yeah, uh, again, like, it, it has a lot of homework to do, and it does a lot of homework, and I felt like the first half is sitting through quite a bit of homework, and it, and it felt see, impersonal to us. But, but to see, to me, it didn't bother me, because it, it was world-building. I mean, they're doing it, they're introducing that, and it was done so well, and it, and it, it looked so beautiful, it you was know, awesome. And it, was, it, was, it, was, it was like, like every time you, know, you saw more about Wakanda, it was like, it was like revelatory. Sure, but when, but when we did it with Asgard, the introduction of Thor had character to it in that he was this braggadocio guy flipping the, flipping right. the hammer and he was doing all this stuff and he had humbling to do. The humbling here, he's already a great king. He's just, he just doesn't have the confidence. Does that make sense? Well, yes, but he, so, he's finding his way, right. and he's communing with his father, and he's not ready for his father to be gone. And sure. He, and he, even in making promises that he can't keep, I mean, I, I think there, I think there was um, an arc to that. Absolutely. To what kind of king he had to be? Very much so. In this Absolutely. Movie. But when you introduce Killmonger, <laughs> suddenly that arc is really aggressive I, on I the agree. villain side, and, and, and I that, mean, the guy steals a bit of the show. Well, listen, I went into the movie expecting him to, um, you know, um, Michael. Jordan, Jordan in particular, yeah. just because he's always so good. But I want to say this: my fear going into the movie, because this is something we've talked about many times in past Marvel movies, is the the old oh, the villain's just the dark version of the hero. But and, this and, time and he's this gold. Time, what's that? But this time he's wearing gold instead of purple. Well, well, but wait, but but here's the thing: I was so worried about it in this movie, and it turned out, but it worked because of what the story was. Making yes. him, you know, his cousin, all that, which I did see it coming, but I still liked it. And now, you know, and now in the Christopher, now who, now in the introduction of Killmonger, he was not a relative. No, but here's the thing: in the comics, they, yeah, they they borrowed a bit from some other storylines. Um, when you see the Bucky thing at the end, and they actually, it was interesting because they call him the White Wolf. Mm-hmm. In the comics, there's a character who's the White Wolf. There was a character named Hunter who was T'Challa's adoptive brother. He was, you know, parents, you know, at crash landing in Wakanda, there's a white baby. T'Chaka took him in, older than T'Challa, mm-hmm. and raised him. And he actually, it never really made sense if for some reason he thought he would become the king because he wasn't blood, but he did not. And he had resentment. And for a while, he operated against T'Challa. Ultimately, they ended up being okay with each other, and T'Challa made it basically the head of the Hatatsurazi, which is the secret police. Right. You know? And, and they run around also in this, you know, the vibranium sheath, you know, outfit, armor, all that stuff. So there were a lot of elements of that story in this. Mm. Um, but with Killmonger. Yes, with yeah. Killmonger. 
Another interesting thing is, you know, and I love it. As soon as I saw M'Baku, which I know he, he's stolen the movie in so many ways. <laughs> M'Baku's so awesome. Great. You know, so in the comics, that's Manate. Yep. You know, who, and it was, you know, one of the tribes of Wakanda that had issues with T'Challa and how he ruled, you know, but they, you know, they had this whole thing where, you know, he ate the brain or the heart, excuse me, of the white ape, you know, and he got the powers of it. So there's a little nod to that where they're giving him the herb and asking him to eat it, but he doesn't do it. Yeah. You know, but there's a, it was a little bit like, oh, are they doing that? You know, so as a family, like, oh, is he going to really become like the full on white ape, you know, and have abilities? You know, I mean, the, still a the, badass. No, he's awesome. But, still but, fought him but, but, quite a bit. But, 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 you know, it's funny when you know, they played the expectations of that a little bit, and that was fun. And, you know? and the White Ape, I really know very much so from right. that, that Reginald Hedlund run. Yeah. Where he's, like, working with Claw to yes. invade Wakanda. Um, definitely recommended. I think, I think those three creators' uh, runs were the, are the ones that I would recommend. But um, I thought the, the treatment of the white ape and the humor that came out of it, I thought was awesome. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. How do you feel about the white ape? Because, like, I, I, again, I think that this movie in two different halves. Like, I think the, that the second half, it's like when, when we see Killmonger throw T'Challa off that waterfall, mm-hmm. I'm like, now we can get cooking. Mm-hmm. Now we need to. Now we see a hero who has to rise. I, you know I know a I mean? lot of people that felt like, hey, could have had a lot less claw because who cared, and just give us more Killmonger. Like Killmonger disappeared for way too long in the movie. Um, well, it's that first half again where mm-hmm. you're kind of chasing a little bit of a red herring, in but it's not a red herring because Claw leads you to this Killmonger, mm-hmm. and you see that Killmonger doesn't fuck around because he takes Claw off the board, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that we're all like, ah. Because I love Claw as a character, but I, I might like uh, I might like Satellite Dish Claw the most. Yeah, I and mean, that's <laughs> the thing is, you know, you hoped his death would have something to do with the vibranium, some kind of sonic thing, so that ultimately, you know, in the comics, it's he gets killed because he's using a device based on vibranium, using this, this, this sonic device, mm-hmm. and he sort of gets you know, sucked into it or you know, chooses to go in, whatever. I mean, it's a whole thing where he's creating constructs and. You know, it's an experiment, and he ultimately comes back. And you know, so Claw, as, as a character, I mean, it, Claw's originally in Black Panther's first appearance in Fantastic right. Four Fifty Three. You know, and, and and that's kind of where it happens, where you know, and he gets sucked in, thinking, "All right, either I'll die. I don't want to get caught. Either I'm going to die, or I'm going to become something more." And it becomes something more. It becomes basically living sound. Right. You know, so and it's been around forever, and you know, I mean, major his, his major involved in the Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars he in did. the eighties. Yeah. You know all that stuff. So, um, so I think as Marvel fans, and particularly knowing there's going to be more Black Panther movies, because there's certainly no doubt of that. Um, you know, you hope that there, there's some room somewhere. You know, because because honestly, what this movie did well, this movie really encapsulated the history of Black Panther, and like you know, like who are his main villains? You know, it's Killmonger, it's Manape, it's Claw. Yeah. You know, and you got so, all yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think there's a version, you know, listen, there's a way to write it and still find a way to turn it into the sound thing, you know? For sure. And, and I, I, for one, would hope that they do it. Uh, I mean, Andy Serkis is incredible. Yeah, Andy Serkis and is great. sorry, Andy, if you come back as human sound, uh, it right. probably means you're going to have to put dots on your face and have another motion tracking but, suit because that's a, that's a yeah. CGI character. Well, and he doesn't mind doing it, you know? <laughs> The casino scene, they'd shown most of at Comic-Con. Okay. Um, but it was awesome. Very much an espionage scene. Yeah. It, it, it felt like you were watching a James Bond movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's casino, a bit of what? Casino yeah. Royale or... 
Uh, all the James Bond movies, you, you know I'm not, Geekscape is, you know I'm not a fan of the James Bond movies because I get them all confused because they're mad libs to me. Um, this movie, uh, the, for me again, Tale of Two Halves, uh, when it but starts. The action's great. The, the act- Sherry with the technology stuff is great. Like the Sherry stuff with the technology the, the, the was a remote car like, stuff is awesome. For me, the Sherry stuff with the technology gave it so much character. For me, right. like, that was the spirit of this nation was right. that this girl is an upstart that. She embodied what the, the advantage of this nation was. Mm-hmm. This is a nation that can absolutely threaten Tony Stark and Hank Pym and their technological advances. Mm-hmm. Like they are at least uh, on toe to toe with those two. Uh, and but it's been kept down. And here's this this woman who I'm like, oh, I can see how in a sequel or two she becomes the leader of this nation because like she's progressive. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Coogler's said a lot in in his interviews about. How this uh, this movie he was balancing things like traditional versus progression of, of a country and being like okay well like uh, again like the fighting styles some are traditional and some are progressive mm-hmm. some are guns and laser weapons and some are spears and in traditional weapons mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really interesting that you saw that and she seemed to emb- and, it, and you get that with the brother and sister yeah because starting out he wants to be. A bit more, hey, I've already lost my dad in this thing. I think Wakanda has to be protected with Wakanda. And then Killmonger comes in as the extreme version of all of it. It's not like Shuri who's going to be like, I have this technology and we can help the world. He's like, you guys have this technology. I don't understand it, but I'm going to use it to control the world. Mm -hmm. And so the gradations on that part, again... Are what I found the most interesting, and why well, I, I love how this movie clicks well, wait, as soon as he comes. Well, it's into the more genre. than that. Killmonger, you know, what's engaging about Killmonger, and someone made a comment to me and compared Killmonger to Magneto in the movies, in the sense of that, what's great about these characters is their motivations. Like you feel for them; they're not just not villains. Like the, the world has done them wrong; they've taken to an extreme place. But in essence, look, Killmonger wants to help. You know, um, people. yeah, yeah. Well, his, well his kind of, at the, no, no. Well, he wants to help all um, black people, right? But what kind all of them, agents everywhere. are at the head of it? Because they're, they're, they're the head of it. But he's again, saying, the the, he, he, the he's sun gr- will not set on the Wakandan he, Empire. Yeah, he's grown up an African American. Sure, you know, in Oakland, right? You know, and you know, and and and, and has faced all the hardship that that African Americans have faced. And finds out about his Wakandan heritage and is like, why are these people not doing something about this? You know, they're this secret extra superpower who could just take it all over. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, you know, people that are descended from an African nation, you know, nations all over the world. And let's do something about it. And ultimately, the me- you know, there's a great message of like, you know, things need to be done. And you know it, what, what I thought was really great about the movie ultimately is that Child said, "Well, you know, he was right. His, his method was wrong. Mm-hmm. But he was right." And so Child does something, breaks from tradition, does something about it. You know, it's a great, meth- great message. You know, movie in that I thought. Um, I do have some practical considerations in regard to that. There's a little bit of a criticism of the movie. Okay. Um, there's this whole idea that everything about their technology is rooted in vibranium. Which okay, I like that because that that's keeping 
with the an idea that was introduced in the first Avengers movie, which is that, hey, it's all well and good, you know, all this super technology, but it's based on power sources that we don't have. So you can't just give it to the rest of the world and change it. Okay, well, Wakanda, they're so super advanced because it's based on vibranium. So everything has vibranium. Well, guess what? If you trade with the rest of the world, you're giving the rest of the world vibranium. You either are or you aren't. Right. Um, so for me, what that means is... the I, So if you go all the way back to Black Panther 53, you know, and it's very dated. That's what he's here know? for, Geekscapist. Um, and you'll see this whole idea that Fantastic Four first goes to Wakanda and they're like so overwhelmed, like, oh my God, all this wealth and luxury they have, you know, is this idea, which is, you know, it's a 60s way of looking at things. But, you know, it, it just got me thinking about um, economically. Well, fine, he's the king of that, but he's not necessarily wealthy outside of Wakanda because to be wealthy outside of Wakanda would involve some form of trade or something that, you know, gets currency right. from outside of Wakanda, right? And what is that based on? In essence, like, I don't... I, we're not going to get the answer to this. It, it's a movie. It's fine. But how is he investing money? Like, there's no trade going on with, with the vibranium-based technology that they have. Yes. They it, could get ridiculously wealthy if they traded it, but they're not going to do that. Right. And they're not doing that. They're not exporting that in any way. So that was something I sort of had an issue with. You, know? you didn't think that... I mean, okay, so there's, there's two things. He does, they do the cutesy, I'm not saying a word, ending twice in this movie. At the, saying, at the traditional right. end of the movie, and then again with that UN scene right. halfway through it, where he's like, I'm, not, I'm just going to look at the audience and wink, which I was, it, that's one too many in my opinion. Well, but well, was, the second, is the answer but, but to the second one that, not vibranium? But before that, when we're talking about, like, oh, he set up this foundation, he bought the block, sure. all that. You know, he did the whole Tony Stark Bruce Wayne thing. Sure. You know, the I bought the building. I just walked in and did it because I wanted, it was like, you know, well, I'm a king and I have all this money. And I'm just kind of like, well, you're the king and in Wakanda you maybe have the ability to do all kinds of stuff. But from an economic standpoint, I, I kind of don't see like, where is wealth outside of Wakanda coming from? Right, because you didn't... You're not trading it. anything. You're not doing anything, you know. The rest of the world sees Wakanda as a third world country. They think it has no money and all that because, you know, what, what's it from? They're, internally... They're able to do all these things so they have this super advanced technology. But if it's not leaving, nothing's coming in. Exactly. Right. So, so that's something that just sort of bugged me. But ultimately, I still like the message of it. No, I thought you it was know, a good but, but I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get my brain around, all right, you know, how does that actually work? And you don't think that the UN scene, again, which has another wink-wink at the audience. Right. Well, the UN they, scene like, is just... You don't think just, that's the vibranium? You don't think that's a proliferation of vibranium? The UN scene is just a statement of we've seen the movie, so we know what Wakanda's really about, and everyone there doesn't. So the, you, that UN scene is saying what I just said. It's saying, "Hey, you're, no, we're not a third world nation. We can do things, but but what's the win?" The last know. question is that do? person standing up and saying, "What do you ha- have to offer?" And he looks at the audience and is like, "You know what?" Right, but and that's not but, vibrating. But, but we, well, it, I guess it is. It's, they're, they're super advanced. It's mechanized rhinos, but. but it's probably right. I'm Even that vibranium. probably has vibranium, right? All their technology is based on that. <laughs> I'm guessing. The, but that, that's the thing. That, that, that's my question is, do they have anything they can share in terms of trade? Yeah, Cap know? gets a new shield. I'm guessing Cap gets a made new shield. Made of vibranium. Shield. Of course. Right. I'm guessing Cap gets a new shield made of vibranium. We know that he does. Well, in the comics. Well, we've seen it. We've seen a shot in the Avengers trailer. Is that... In fact, there's an arrow pointing to it that says, if I pause it real quick, you're going to see that this vibration. Yeah, he gets a new shield. <laughs> um, here's the thing, you know, not in the comics, it's different. Cap's shield is special. It's a vibranium adamantium alloy. And do you think like, that's Bucky's new arm? What's that? In Bucky's new arm? 
probably, I'm sure also. You get vibranium, and you get vibranium, and right, you get vibranium. Right, exactly. Um, but the, the point is that, you know, in, um, in the MCU, since I can't use adamantium, because that 20th has that with Wolverine. Can't use it for another few months, no. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Cap Shield's always been vibranium. Right. You know, so yeah, that's what it is. It is what it is. Fine. In the comics, uh, what, what, at the, at the comics, was it an adamantium shield at one point? No, it was adamantium vibranium alloy. Yeah. Okay. That's what I... And, and then, it, it and, was and then like, the energy it, it, it was a process that happened once, like they can't, you know, duplicate it. It was like an accent kind of thing. Right. But of uh, course, and, and the joke is always like, yeah, well, what about the paint? Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, it's unstable particles is the paint. The same way the the same way Reed Richards isn't tearing apart his costume whenever he starts. Right, unstable molecules. Right, unstable molecules that Reed Richards created. Um, so uh, I kind of like John Byrne's version of Superman's costume. That if anything, it's really close to his body. It's almost like he has a, a personal force field. Right. Um, so this movie, where do we take it from here? Uh, what do you see? It's how does it res- how does it resonate going into like something like Infinity War? Because okay, Wakanda is so, pretty prominent in all that Infinity War stuff, right? So, well, the second tag, which I think is important, it, it's the only thing. Oh, oh, actually, before we address that, let me say one other thing. Um, in Civil War, you know, we got Ever K. Ross. So, for yes. people that w- read the Priest Run, that was really exciting. So, of course, he featured prominently in this movie. I yes. was disappointed he never once called the child the client. Oh, Martin. because because that that that's, that he's always in priest run. He's a State Department official, and basically as to ends up being that he's kind of T'Challa's envoy, sort of ambassador kind of thing. And I loved Martin Freeman yeah. in this one. He was awesome. He's great, but I just just once you know because they did it a little more spy like that he's the CIA and initially at cross purposes, you know. Um, Ultimately, I still like that ultimately it became that, all right, no, he's with them, he's on their side. And I, I, I feel like it's sort of a setup to maybe have that, the kind of relationship that you had mostly in the priest run mm-hmm. with him. Um, with Bucky, yes. I feel like the fact that they're you know, calling him White Wolf, someone said they weren't talking to him, but I felt they were talking to him. Of course. You know? Yeah, I thought um, that too. So, it's, obviously it's just speculation, but... That might be implying that Bucky is now firmly with Wakanda, and maybe he's in T'Challa's inner circle. Maybe they'll have a version of the Hatta Tsurazi where, like, he's the head of the Secret Service or whatever. So, seemingly, yes, T'Challa would give him the arm. Theoretically, I, I think, um, and, and from what I've heard, uh, there was a, a prelude um, comic that I don't know if I missed it somehow. Ian, how did but, you miss it? Well, I'm, I, I First off, have... did you get the Star Wars DJ comic? I did. Oh, um, Justin and I were joking about that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, meh. Anyway. Um, we were like, Ian's totally buying that. Um, <laughs> but apparently, instead of doing what we all expected after Civil War and having Tony's technology, mm-hmm. they fully introduced at the beginning of Civil War and it's like, obviously, should be used to, to cure Bucky. Yeah. And they're just going to say, no, no, sure he did it. Right. Um, I mean, did, were you not disappointed about that in Civil War? Like, was it just set up? Like, you introduced this whole thing that Tony Stark has created this technology to go into his mind, you know, in his memories, and he's using it basically for therapy. And then you have all this stuff of Bucky's brainwashing, and it seemed like it was, like, right there on the page like, to use that Bucky to out. cure Bucky, right? But we also learned in Civil War that Tony Stark is really not for a Bucky fan. 
No, I understand that. I'm just saying that it's fully set up to use this technology to cure Bucky. But I think, I think they're just going to go, no, never mind, Sherry did it. it well, I, he doesn't feel cured. Here, here's what I thought of that Bucky scene and why I don't think he's part of any inner circle. It feels like he's still in hiding. Very much in hiding. He's sitting in a hut on the side of a lake. It feels like he's very much still in hiding. Is he in hiding or is that therapy? He's just very familiar with Shuri. Everyone seems to know him. So, Well, Cap's people are all criminals. I, Civil I, I War, at the end of Civil War, they're all criminals, that. which we got a hint of no, in no. the Ant-Man Ca- and the Cap says, oh, Hydra, everyone's going to come you know, a- after Bucky. I mean, and, and T'Challa's like, okay, yeah, let him come. Right. So, yeah, but, the point, you know, listen, that scene, we don't know how, how long it's been, what's been happening. Shuri made a comment earlier, you know, about T'Challa, you know, collecting these white strays, you know, whatever else. Um, again, between the, the white wolf comment and just how familiar all that is, and having seen, you know, some shots from Avengers of, you know, Bucky's clearly, you know, working with them, you know. Um, I'm not saying definitely, but I, I, I'm envisioning that perhaps there's a version of events where Bucky's now become, you know, very integrated into Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's why Wakanda for Thanos. Well, that's that's the question. We do not get anything um, about any Infinity Stones there, but the vibraniums are certainly a good reason. You right. know, see that's the thing that they don't really address much. But the whole idea, and they say, show it in this movie, the vibranium is doesn't exist on Earth. It came as giant meteor struck Wakanda, you know, all this time ago. And that's what they're getting. So, you know, we may very well in Avengers Infinity War get a bit, little bit more information about exactly what vibranium is or how special it is or whatever, you know? What is the... There's still a stone that hasn't been revealed yet, correct? Yes. Which... The soul stone. Uh, yes. We've been waiting for the soul stone. Okay. Um, I think... I, I know I was surprised that we didn't get that... When... Agamotto, the Eye of Agamotto ended right. up being the time stone. That surprised me. I f- would have thought the Soul Stone would have made sense. To Is Doctor, Doctor Strange? Strange? Yeah. But the time stone would worked perfectly it totally with No, it was great for the movie. I'm just saying that I just always would have thought that. Um, okay, so is there any chance that the Avengers Infinity War ends without the collection of all five stones? Of course there's a chance, but are you asking my opinion? Yeah. No fucking way. He's going to get all the stones. So if Avengers Infinity War ends with Thanos has them all. It's Infinity Gauntlet. It's set up, and the next movie is Infinity Gauntlet. Right. So and that's what it's called. The reason why no one's telling you that is because it's going to tell you at the end of the movie. They call it Infinity War because that's the buzzword. Right. But the reality is that it's actually Countdown to Infinity Gauntlet. Is what that movie. Is. <laughs> yes. And, you know? and so the, the movie's going to end with the, with the, the yeah. that question totally answered. B- big old smile. You know, Thanos. Should be holding his hand up with the gauntlet and on. Heroes, and there's heroes splayed out. In yeah, and everyone's splayed out. Exactly. Um, Tony Stark's vision. Yep, from Age of Ultron. Yeah. Right. Uh, what, what do we have as far as your ideas for what the Soul Stone is? Could it be part of that meteorite that hit Wakanda? I mean, I don't think so. You know, the, the, the disappointment is. And that, would it be you know, racist for that to be the Soul Stone? We. <laughs> Yeah. Keep in mind, this movie ended in a fight scene on an underground uh, rail stage. Rail. I mean, you saw the fight here's the scene thing, was you know, an uh, underground railroad. It was they fought on a rail stage. Yes, it was okay. One of the disappointments, subtle. very of, subtle. of Guardians of the Galaxy Two, um, was um, you know you have that nod to Adam Warlock, but you don't actually get him. Yes, and set up, and you know obviously with all the Infinity stuff happening, to not have that. 
Adam Warlock yet. In the comics, we're seeing all the Adam Warlock Soul Stone stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome. Well, because it's, it's important. It's important. And you my know? gal Rhythm um, is drawing it, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, and after we'd already had the cocoon in the first Guardians, and the fact that they didn't even keep that cocoon, they just made it something completely different. I mean, it, considering it's the same creators, it was, I found that really odd, a really odd choice. Right. You know, um, but, you know, it's certainly where you would hope you might have seen the Soul Stone, and you didn't, right? Um, Could the Soul Stone all... M- moreover, mean, let me say this. Go for it. It's odd to me that it's the mind gem that was in Loki's scepter that ended up, you know, in the Vision's head. Even there, it might have made sense to make up the Soul Stone because it's what really made him a sort human. of, you know... Yeah, yeah. exactly. But you know, that's not what they did. So, um, you know... But think about this. Uh, T'Challa gets his uh, ability to commune with his father and his ancestors... From this flower that grows from the vibrate from you know it grows here. I mean, it's a, it has a spiritual soul element to it. Can there be a core for it? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to find out why Wakanda is is a big part of these. Well, I see what you're doing, and things. you know, I know that um, someone had asked um, Ryan Coogler about you know how come we didn't get a stone in it, and and his answer was that he felt like well the vibranium and all that they already have. You're there, MacGuffin. Well, sure. Right? Of course. So they don't need more. They didn't need anything else. So I think what you're suggesting is interesting. I don't think that's what they're going to do. No, I think it literally has to be some level of a stone. I, I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. So, so, so I think your suggestion is that maybe there's a stone at the heart of the, the mound of vibranium that mm-hmm. he's going to carve open and, and take. I think that would be interesting. It's an interesting idea. Um, so, Ian, we got a couple questions online. Okay. I opened up to the Geekscapists today. Questions um, for the Geekscapists to talk to Ian one on one. Submit questions. So I've got questions from you guys. I did this on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, so you should have probably followed us on Twitter, or at least myself. <laughs> Ian did his best to try not to uh, spoil by going through and answering all the questions. You, how hard was it to keep yourself from just going in and answering questions? I mean, I made a couple of comments, you know, okay. so some Ian, I had fun with. Our buddy Ian uh, Rainey in Austin says, Curious, which is both of y'all's favorite run in the comics? They quickly collected them all these last few months. And I got to tell you, as much as I love the Black Panther comics as a run, I love Black Panther as an Avenger. Like, I've, yeah. al- I've always loved the Black Panther as an Avenger. You saw, and you saw the news today? Yes, the, that there is a brand new Avengers team. Well, brand new Avengers team with Black Panther in it and... Jason Aaron flat out said that yeah, it's always been the big three, Cap, Iron Man, Thor. And as far as he's concerned, it's, gonna, it's the big four going forward. T'Challa is going to have a major influence on the team. But we also have a Hispanic. We got Ghost Rider on there. Yes. I personally, notwithstanding, you know, the inclusion aspects of it, to me it's just, you know, you want the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. I mean, uh-huh. I have every appearance for Robbie Reyes. I like Robbie, fine. Yeah. But on the Avengers, you know, okay. Yeah, I want to see what Robert Reyes does on the Avengers. Like, because keep in mind, uh, you know, uh, wasn't I mean the demon on the Avengers for a while? Like uh, the demons of DC character. Uh, what's his name? Um, Damon Halstrom. Uh, or the gargoyle. What's Defenders. Name? Defenders. Yeah. So he was never an Avenger. No. Gar- he was never a Defender. He was a Defender. I remember him. Defender. He was a very long. He was never an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. 
Well, uh, that is why Ian is here, folks. And Ian, what he says, uh, Ian's response is priest run. Hmm? Your, yes, your yes. response is Christopher I, Run priest run. I love, run. love, love that priest run. And that, how long did it stretch and what era was it? Priest run was, I believe it Turn was... Your head towards me for the I believe it was mid to late 90s. Uh-huh. Um, Which is hard to get any good comics from Marvel at that point. But, but that, those were great. Yeah. That's and, awesome and, that and he, he was holding it, on the fort. He did it for a while. So you, that's incredible. Like during all the amalgam and during yeah, all that stuff. But, but that stuff was great. He's killing it. Yeah, killing it. Oh my God. Uh, during the like the bankruptcy protection and everything Marvel yeah, was yeah. going through. And, and, and the, the, those books were great. That's awesome. And, and supposedly they're all getting reprinted right now. Yeah, that's um, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Reginald Hudlin's run is a great place to start, the recent one, because. It's got some good stuff in it, and it establishes all three of those, uh, all of those villains. Oh, the, pre- the priest run is not currently collected. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I think I that would it think is. It should be. And uh, I mean, I, I start there because it introduces the stuff you know really well, and also just you know, it's awesome. And and, and it's earlier, right? Um, Daniel Greenbaum says, "Curious to hear your thoughts on Killmonger and Claus' Claus removal from the MCU, along with the alliance with the Jabari." Um, it might affect future Black Panther MCU movies because two of the big antagonists are now removed. So, so I, th- I think we've sort of addressed this a bit. I mean, as, as I, I think I did the cryptic comment, is Claw gone? I mean, he's dead, but in the comics he dies and is reborn as a sonic creature. Right. You know, now his death was caused by that, but I think there's a version of events where they easily can do that. So I don't think he's necessarily gone. Likewise, by the way, you know, they one of the things I loved about this movie in terms of different aspects of Black Panther, I mean, it's so clear that the writers of this movie really know the comics inside and out. One of the things about the Black Panther that's really been played up you know, a lot more in, in recent years, but this idea of him communing with the dead, communing with past Black Panthers, mm-hmm. and they actually call him the, the King of the Dead. Right. Okay? It's, it's, it's an aspect of, of what he is ceremonially uh, that's it's actually somewhat literal. Um, communing with Xanthus, communing with Bast. Um, and with that, there have been some notions and things of, you know, some resurrection in that. So I don't see them bringing Killmonger back. I mean, the simple reality is, you know, if it was a television series, it would be different. You know, movies by their nature, there's a few years in between, yeah. mid ages, maybe a three. I, I don't see them going back to that well, you know, with him. I, there's probably no point. I mean, look, in. Raimi Spider-Man movies, you know, we were tired. How many times are you going to just do the Green Goblin again? Right. You know? well, yeah, Green Goblin appeared in that second one as a vision. Yeah, but, yeah. but I'm saying, but even Harry, it's like just a retread of the same right. thing. Right, right, right. You right, know, right. it's like, you know, for movies, you know, it's fine in comics where you do a bunch of different stories and the, the characters come back again and again, you know, for years, and you know, because it's not always the same. It's, I, I kind of want to make the joke about the Jessica Jones, you know, season one where it was... It was you know, as great as Kilgrave is, every episode shouldn't have been Kilgrave, right? Agreed. So, you know, it's sort of that same thing. Um, are we going to get more of Killmonger? No, I don't think we're going to get more of Killmonger because and it's And ask yourself done. if you really want more that, Killmonger. That's what I'm like, saying. Uh, I, I would like to see Claw pop up again because it's the other version of Claw, you right. know? Yeah. It, it's, it's that evolution of Claw. You need that reinvention. And, and, and as I said, I, I think there is a way to do that. So I don't okay. think that's definitive. Miles Harbord wants to know, my human comic book encyclopedia question is, what is wrong with our culture that a brilliant movie like Blade Runner 2049 isn't a smash hit, keeping in mind that many successful three-hour films exist? 
I think the answer to that is, is, is whereas I wouldn't always say that in, in this particular instance, to do with I would say that there's nothing wrong with our culture based on that. <laughs> does, he mean, does he mean Canada? He lives in Canada. Well, well anyway, anyway I, I actually <laughs> did take the time to reply a little bit to Miles yeah. on that one. Oh, you did. Um, um, <laughs> Miles just won't let Blade Runner go. Uh, Brian Gassaway, uh, who's a friend I met in Austin uh, recently, and he's awesome. Uh, do you think the vibranium heist in Wakanda will cross over into Captain Marvel's movie since it's set in the 90s as well? That's when Claw first uh, stole the vibranium. We might get some Dad Panther and Claw action in the movie. So I replied, I do not. Now let me elaborate on that. Um, I touched on earlier but on the fact that you don't need to have seen any of the Marvel movies. You know, the Marvel movies have made a big effort to not make you beholden to see every one of them. You know, you don't get everything, but you can pretty much pretty much watch any one of those movies without having seen the others. And, you know, one of the things in particular leading up to Infinity War right now, I think we all expected way back when after Avengers that, you know, and having seen what had come before Avengers, that it would start off where we were getting the stones revealed to us. And when we, I think we all believe that what we would then get is see Thanos then appearing, you know, in the other movies and getting the stones. In actuality, what they're doing is they just waited until this movie and this movie, this whole movie is Thanos coming and getting the stones. And initially as a comic book fan, you know, they would watch these movies and see these movies as just my comics come to life. It really bothered me. But I realized that Speaking, you know, from a studio perspective, from an economic perspective, you're bogging down each individual movie with the overall mythology if you had done it the other way, okay? They stand on their own. Um, could they throw in a nice little Easter egg or something like that? They could. Are they going to do a direct tie-in like that? No way. There's no way, and, that, mm-hmm. and this is why. Because it, it, you're tying this, this movie too much to a different one, and they don't want to do that. They're not going to do that. So you might get a little Easter egg. Maybe you'll get a reference. Sure. But I def- definitely don't think you're going to get anything more than that. Um, and so I, I doubt you'll even get that much. Our, our mutual friend Savas wants to know, can I call in? To which I say, um, no, I cannot. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wish, but unfortunately we record this and it streams afterwards. It's not, it's not live. So and no, Savas says, no uh, and he says, I have, things that say, I have things to say that need to be heard. Uh, we know Savas, but this isn't the... Uh... I mean, theoretically, we could just call him right now. No, we're good. And get him online. Um, okay, so let me go to Twitter. And th- these are people who responded to my uh, request for Twitter uh, questions, okay? Um, here we go. FJ says, please ask Ian Kerner who his girlfriend's dentist is. What a cocksucker. <laughs> Yes, yes, he is. Which is our, which is our, how would you find that? It's, um, that's our, our pet name for each other in our, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) We love you, FJ. Well, FJ for ages when he had nothing to say because you just zinged him really good, he would just reply cocksucker. And so, (laughs) so then it just evolved into that. Um, We love you, FJ. And we love, I, of course, I replied, I replied fiance, of course. Yeah. Um, so, hook, so I mean, FJ probably needs a good dentist. Yeah, yeah. As bad yes. as we've been bashing yeah. him. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Shepard, who's the Jeremy Shepard, says, I'd like to know if Vibranium was always a part of Black Panther and if the movie is different yes. in any way 
from the comics? Yes. How about in the way it's used? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's different. Um, to, to elaborate on that, was the but, kinetic energy on the suit different? It's always Is that new. The whole absorbing it and, uh-huh. and pushing it back out. Yes, that's new. It was awesome. Um, and and the idea that all of the technology. That Wakanda has is based on vibranium. Was not, the comics are just that? Oh, they're just super advanced, right? And they also happen to have all this vibranium. And but again, you know, it, it's a little bit weird because it's like a, they don't share that with the world, and they don't really share their technology. But in the comics, no one thinks they're a third world nation. Everyone knows they're super advanced. They've never been conquered. They have all this ability and all that. And yes, they have wealth. They have all these things. They're just not like every other African nation, you know. So that that's just always been the idea there, you know. Theoretically, they have other resources as well, so maybe that that's you know they could base wealth on that, or they've used their technology. But but the key point for me was that they're scientifically advanced. It's not necessarily only based on vibranium, right? You know, or, or vibranium things, or you know, which to me I saw that as as if I wasn't clear before, um, staying in line with the concept introduced in Avengers that you have this super science. You know, what made you make a leap? That everyone else doesn't have. Well, they have this element that everyone else doesn't have. Right. You know, and they were able to base the science on that. In Avengers, it was okay using the Tesseract. They were able to power the weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, Nicole Walker says, "Who would make a great villain for the next Black Panther movie?" Jonathan London. No. <laughs> I'd, I'd go F.J. DeSanta. F.J. would be great. You see him in a giant mech. No, I. He I, loves I, mechs. No, I, I thought he would be dressed up like a giant. You know. Cocksucker. <laughs> I, 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 see him, I see him with a dildo in his Oh, no. Mouth. Okay, listen. This is a... <laughs> oh, no. He's like the cock knocker from Jane Silent Bob Strike That's right. Back. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I would put... Knowing FJ, he would want nothing more than to be put in a mech. Like a kaiju fighter. I agree with that. Mech. He would like I would that. put him in a mech. And he could fight. Uh, would he but, be running and all that, just like in Pacific Rim? Yeah, he'd be doing the whole thing. He'd still lose, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, he, Nicole, and he, he would have a heart attack in the yeah, middle Yeah, I mean, it. in all seriousness, for Nicole, like, who do you think would make a great villain for the next Black Panther movie? Because it's like something that Daniel Greenbaum brought up. It's like they've kind of cleared the three villains out. Right. They, they've taken two villains off and then no, made one into an far, As far as his major villains go, I mean, it's problematic. Um... Who's left? Who do you really want to see? I mean, it's interesting. You know, they've created other things to happen in other conflicts. If Universal were to play ball, it could be yeah, Namor. Namor, I yeah. think the same Because Namor and he never get along. Uh, but that is a, that's crazy that that is a Universal property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's talking about Fox acquisition, this and that. Of course, Doctor Doom would be incredible because they're both leaders of these countries. And they, they've had that. And they've had that, yeah. Before, but yeah. but uh, Namor is one that recently, since the Illuminati uh, and all that stuff in the mm-hmm. comics, has just been awesome. Uh, to the point where Namor just like wrecked Wakanda with a giant tidal wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, um, so none come to mind. Okay. Nicole says, do you think Storm would show up and be a potential love interest if all this corporate stuff gets put together? No. Okay, Shuri and M'Baku or Shuri and Bucky? Should, should I address the reason why I say no? Why? Well, I, I think they very intentionally gave him you know, this other love interest right. in this movie. Um, I think it was great. I think that prior to Storm, he just, you know, I mean, they did a whole thing years ago. They, they had a whole thing with him as a social worker in New York and he loved them, but... 
you know, just Storm was the one that really, really took and is great. But, you know, look, we could talk about the, you know, this Marvel um, Fox, you know, Fox version of Marvel merger thing um, for a minute. Um, it probably is going to, things are going to look very different because, I mean, how do you do it? You know, and with so many of, you know, you know Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, you know, the actors playing them, I mean, getting mm-hmm. older, those deals being kind of up, you know, it's probably going to be a reboot, which gets really tricky when you have a movie like this that's been d- d- doing so well. Yeah, a lot you know, of these... When, more, when, yeah. when and where do you reboot this universe, you know... This well. Within that framework, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, like, you don't want to get rid of this franchise, you know? So it's tricky, but... I still, I think that we have a reboot sometime in the near future, you know, leads to that. To integrate you know? those characters. Yeah, and, and I mean, here's the thing is, but it's, the, it, 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 sort of, it goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, comics versus movies. But you, know? you didn't need that and, for Spider-Man. Um, you just needed an integration, well, an integration right, of Spider-Man. Right, but, but by doing that, they still, they rebooted Spider-Man. True. No, I think the X-Men universe gets rebooted. Okay. Like for me, there's no question the X Men universe gets rebooted and but, integrated. But, but what version of things do you want? If you reboot the X Men, where are you starting? You're starting with them. That, you know, they they've either been around for a while or they haven't. Right. Do you just reintroduce them and say they they've been all this time we haven't seen them? You know, and they're and they're the older X Men, or do you start them over as young X Men? What, what are right. you going to do? Right. You know, I mean, if anything, you know, look, there's a couple things you can do. You could do the cheat which the comics have done, which is, you know, you have some kind of cosmic event, a la like Thanos, all that, where universes just merge. And, you know, and it's it's right out of what they just did recently in Marvel, you know, with bringing Miles in. And we haven't seen Kang yet. And Kang is a pretty great time-traveling rebooter. But to explain that to the listeners, it's an idea that, you know, while it doesn't flow very well, you know, as you're watching movies and all that, but it's literally like, hey, guess what? Boom, this is a different reality, and these other characters have always been here. Right. You know, these things always happen simultaneously, and it's going to hurt your head if you think about, well, why when this happened didn't they show up? You could up? do Onslaught. But, <laughs> yes. with you. No, I know, the, I know that you are. But anyway, but the point is that Johnson's throwing out different storylines where they've done similar things. But the, the point is that they just pretty much go, hey, guess what? We want to play with it this way. And DC, you know, really did it for years. What would happen is they would buy a comic company, you know, that for years they had their own comics and suddenly they own it and they would say it's a different Earth. And after the crisis and different Earth, they merged them together. Mm-hmm. So after crisis, suddenly you have, you know, Shazam, Captain Marvel, you know, exists and he's in the Justice League. Right. You know, and exists alongside Superman, which, you know, I mean, years before there was a, it was a giant lawsuit against Fawcett Comics from DC because they made a character that was, had powers like Superman, you know? Yes, and, uh, and obviously with things like Flashpoint, you can do that in, in DC. I'm just throwing out things uh, in the Marvel Universe that well, I'm saying, are so, time travel, you know what I mean? And, and, right. and, and X-Men did it within their own universe so, Days of Future Past. The point is that they could literally go, hey, boom, you know, Thanos does something and merges in you know, this whole other... Dimension. And by the way, we've seen other dimensions with Doctor Strange already. Yes. So they could easily j- just merge it. And then it's literally, they just go, hey, guess what? It's the same Earth. Now you just have to accept going forward, it's always been the same Earth. And now they can all meet. Right. You know, and they can do it that way. And then you, what, you ha- what happens is you get a story where suddenly there's a flashback, you know, in a movie. And Wolverine and Captain America actually were on a battle together in World War II. Right. You know, a la, what was it, uh, Uncanny 268, I think it was? Mm-hmm. 
You know, the Don't Jim Lee drawing with yeah. Black Widow? Um, yeah, I remember that one being... I remember reading that one when... I, did that one come out in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. I remember that one because I was in Mexico when it came out. Okay. Or at least I had the Mexican reprint of it, and I loved it. Yeah. It was incredible. That book, that, that, it's a single story book. It's great. Yeah. That Wol- Wolverine's a soldier. You know, Logan. Black Widow's a little girl. They save her. Yeah. You know, Cap and, and Wolverine, you know? Are you re- in, in that X Men book that I love, the streamlining cartoonish version of the X Men? What is it called? Like the, it's like a classic X Men thing. Oh, the X Men ninety two. The no, not X Men ninety two. It was the one that I most recently sent to you and Justin. Oh, oh, um, the Grand Design. X Men Grand Design. Grand Design's great. I love that book. Yeah, it's great. And were you not reading it? And then I sent you that email, um, and I was like, dude, you, you sent you, it right when it came out, and I was like, I was trying to stuff, I was going to grab it or not, and I did. It's. The, it's really it's, good. It's the cleanest, most fun streamlining of the X Men well, universe because the X Men universe is insane. Well, what's interesting about that is they taken certain, they took certain liberties, knowing what's happening with Phoenix. And I, but I bring Phoenix that up too important. because the Captain America is integrated into that stuff, huh? and yeah. you, you get to see the World War II stuff, and it's fun. Yeah. yeah. But Geekscape is X Men Grand Design, which I think there's two or three books out. Two, by and then there'll, there'll be more, but not till later in the year. And they, they gave basically the, the X Men continuity to a cartoonist who's doing yeah. the book all by himself, and it's great. It's incredible, clean streamlining of the X Men universe because mm-hmm. obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and the X Men universe is so convoluted. This really does a great job of shoehorning it all together to make it work. No, it does a it does a great job of and you know an actual reference to certain issues. But then it's adding certain things like, you know, sort of between panel kind of ideas of connective things it. in it. Yeah, it's good. I love that book. Um, so that is for all you X-Men nuts. Um, yes. I, so anyway, so yeah. my answer about, about Storm was I don't see it happening. Um, but if they did do that kind of reboot thing where they sort of blended, yeah. you know, that way, which they could do. I mean, listen, by the way, and, that, and that's the best way to do it to get Jackman in with everyone else. But, you know, if they just go, hey, guess what? They slam things together. Now everyone's together. They could do it. They could have it happen. I mean, look, even, but, you know, no one wants it that way. I mean, look, Halle Berry, you know, I don't think that mixes well. Well, it's not Halle Berry anymore. We knew that in Apocalypse. We got a new storm. We got a younger, yes, we get that younger but, team. But, well, I, I was referencing yeah. the Hugh Jackman of it. I mean, right. Yeah, but, but oh. Hugh is that Hugh's a mutant that is like long-standing. Looks like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I think that I think you're right in saying that something like an Infinity Gauntlet would have to to transition that. I'm thinking that again, you may have to have an Avengers time jumping king, the Conqueror type villain, or something. And keep in mind, like there's always Doom. What if this happened from the Fro- the Fox universe forward? What if it was something like an actual I don't know, good Doctor Doom showed up? And he did something like he did in uh, in this most recent uh, version of um, why are you, why are you killing me, brain? Uh, of uh, what Secret War? Secret War, which I loved, which was kind of the, the Crisis on Infinite Earths right, Marvel right. Universe. No, I mean, listen, you know, something like that could be very cool. Um, I mean, really, it's you have it. You, the opportunity is right here with Infinity Gauntlet. The question is, I mean, look, you know... The is sec- the ink going to be dry in time? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. The second movie is... By the time the second movie comes out, the ink is dry. And all they got to do is change an ending. Or maybe they don't have to change it. Maybe they were already thinking to do it. Right. If they end on a cliffhanger, which I think this one's going to end on a major cliffhanger. For sure, it has to. You know, and 
I wouldn't be shocked if this one doesn't end on the kind of cliffhanger that could set it up. I just don't think they'd be ready to do it yet. And does Vision die? The things don't look good for Vision in the trailers. Here's the thing. <laughs> you want my honest opinion? Yeah. Everyone dies. Yeah. So you think that this is like, you think that the end of uh, Infinity War, that we're getting May, we're yes. just seeing everybody die. Everyone's getting wiped out. In, even though we're seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp two months later, a month later. It's going to happen before it. You think Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place in for, before Infinity War? I do. Okay. I, I think that Infinity War is going to end with everyone dead. And then what, how do we start up with the Infinity Gauntlet? I'm not sure what they're going to do. May, you know, it may, it may be a whim because he, that's how powerful the Infinity Gauntlet is that he can kill everyone and bring them back. I mean, in the actual Infinity Gauntlet comic, Thanos at one point in the comic kills half the universe. Right. He brings them back, but that well, that's what happened. So that's the question. Okay. You okay. know? <laughs> You're, that's such a downer. Yeah. I, I, I think that's how it's going to end. Okay. Uh, and you think that Ant-Man and the Wasp was going to be pre-Infinity War? Yeah. Okay. Um, any final... Comes out after, but I think it's going to take place before. Any final thoughts on Black Panther? And by the I'm... way, my understanding is that that's why they're not even in the movie, because what's happening is like a simultaneous thing or something like that. So, you don't think Ant-Man and the Wasp were in I don't Infinity think they're in the first one. Right. Uh, okay, so you've got this thing, this movie that we, we talked about, Black Panther... Uh, where's the rank? You, you loved the movie. I loved it. I, you know, I'm not really a fan of ranking, but yes, I, I, did, I did feel that... I feel, you, know, you know I'm a big fan of Marvel movies, but I feel like they're getting better. I mean, I adored Ragnarok. And I think that, Ragnarok killed it. And, and this movie, I, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's just a really good, solid movie. You've made me appreciate it a bit more over this uh, last hour. It's still a movie that I wish... Got going a little faster, um, and I wish that the protagonist was a little more interesting. But you know what? They had a lot of work to do. They did it in a really great way. I think I, I think they did, they did a great job. They did have a lot to do. Dude, they, they had so they, much to do. They established a whole world, nation, what have you, like it's a foreign concept. Yeah, literally, you know, and they established it. And if they the question did, is, they did so much. And if the question is, how do you do that better? Yeah. How do you do it better? Exactly. I got exactly. you. Exactly. Um, I'm glad. I, I love that this movie exists. I love that this movie, outside of the movie, feels important. Yeah. Like this movie is a movement, and I think it's incredible. Um, and I, I hope it is the same kind of groundswell that like, I hope it's the same kind of moment that we had with Wonder Woman, where people are like, um, you know what, things are changing. Let's have more movies like this that are very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, Black Panther. I think we we are both going to give this one thumbs up on this podcast um for me it, it's it's uh, it's in there uh, it's it's definitely above the the uh, it's definitely not an average marvel movie it's up there is there an average marvel movie? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um geeks ian thank you uh for joining us again we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter search for geekscape you'll find us ian is on twitter at i am ian l kerner yes um, he's also in our Geekscape Forever Facebook group. Go on uh, Facebook and look for Geekscape Forever. You can talk to Ian yourself on a technical background question. Uh, we have moved all the podcasts over to Omni Studio so that the folks at Westwood One can do a better job of maximizing the show, getting it to more people, getting more Geekscapers out there, promoting the show, and all of that. I'm really happy about it, but it means that this episode's also not available on SoundCloud. So that's okay. 
Um, I hope you joined us. I hope you saw that the last episode was on SoundCloud, and we're like, hey, where's my Geekscape? And you I'm found the sure link. I'm pretty sure if came they're over. hearing this, they if found it. You know what? Tell your friends. Your little SoundCloud friends, tell your friends. And that goes beyond just SoundCloud. If you're listening to this, please tell your friends about Geekscape. Please go online to whatever podcatcher you're using, Apple uh, Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you call it now. Leave a five-star review, and that really helps us out. Geekscape us. We love you. We have a lot more to offer at geekscape.net. Many more podcasts. We do it because we love you. Thank you, Ian, for joining us on the Black Panther special. You're welcome. Staring at you until you say something. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye, buddy. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. There you go.